Hey everyone, I'm Fredo. And I'm Benji. And this is Apes on Tape Podcast. Welcome. Hey everybody, welcome back to the podcast. Hello everyone, and hello Fredo. Yay, it's, it's really great to see you. You look really happy, you got a big smile on your face, and it's oh, just so thanks. awesome to see you. I've, 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 I've missed you, man. Oh, I miss you too, man. Yeah, it's lovely to see you, digital though it may be. Yeah, you still got the same smile. Still, uh, yeah. still ready to go. Absolutely, man. Um, so let's get this podcast off to a start. What are you grateful for? Um, I'm grateful for where I am right now at the moment. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm having a good time. Life's, uh, life's pretty, life's pretty swell. It's treating me well at the moment, and um, I'm having some, uh, some. Some lovely experiences with uh, with some some very nice friends, and it's uh, it's really it's really filling filling up my cup. Good man, good. Mm. That's awesome. Do you want to do you want to expand on that? What what are you doing? Yeah, sure. I, I will. I was a bit, I was, that was a bit vague, wasn't it? Really. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and you can make up the rest of it. Uh, so I'm I'm up in Norfolk um, with uh, with uh, my friend Matt and uh, and uh, his partner Kiki. Um, uh, and yeah, I'm building their, uh, building their van, um, well not building a van from scratch, but uh, I'm converting their, um, van into a camper van. So it's good. It's good fun work. And, um, yeah, it's a, it's a good chance to be, be creative and I'm working outside and well in a van, but outside and it's just yeah. a really idyllic place to be. There's a beautiful stretch of land out the front garden. They've got two wonderful dogs that I'm absolutely in love with. Um, they, you know, they eat like kings, and um, and it's just nice to be around, um, you know, some some loving friends, and uh, yeah, it's nice to nice to share share their company. That's awesome, man. And uh, be doing that sounds doing great. Something. And you you're using your new carpentry skills that you learnt on the on, you know on the last potty. You were talking about the the carpentry skills and and the fun to be had in Yorkshire. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was great. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, no, it's it's great. Um, I mean, I'm not uh, necessarily doing something that I couldn't couldn't have done before, but um, maybe I'm doing it with a little more uh, finesse. Let's uh, let's hope. Um, so yeah, I love it's, that. it's fun. And and as as usual, uh, you know, I'm getting a lot from uh, from sticking to my morning routine. And there's plenty of time and space to be doing that. And I am lapping it up, lapping it up, my friend. So, yeah. Fantastic, man. That's mm. what you. That's what you've been on with. <laughs> that's what I've been. What, what are you on with? What are you on with? What are you on with? Uh, what are you on with? Um, what am I on with? What, what are you grateful for? Mm. Oh man. Well, it's funny you mention that, but my my morning routine uh, is what I'm grateful for, and that includes mm. my gratitude journal. So basically, I'm grateful for for being grateful. <laughs> um, it, it, it sounds sounds silly, but I'm going I'm going somewhere with this. Someone asked me recently. Um, it, it was an off the cuff comment. They said, "I wish." I had as much to be grateful for as you do. And mm. I thought to myself that <laughs> you do, <laughs> like you do, mm. definitely. Mm. Um, the reason that, I'm, that I can pour so much you know, love into my gratitude journal is not because I'm especially lucky. Um, it's because I've cultivated the, the habit of gratitude. Like mm. my morning routine, like the, the non-negotiables, you know, meditation, stretching and gratitude journaling. And it's the fact that, you know, I've got like four, almost five books now, I think, filled with with gratitude journaling. And it's the habit that I do every day to cultivate the habit. Mm. 
and it's not the first time I've mentioned it uh, on my YouTube channel or on this podcast. You know, I'm almost evangelizing it. You know, like a, like a religious nut. Hey, have you heard about God? Like, you know, like, but uh, but gratitude really is um, an act. <laughs> You're gonna go around to people's houses with pamphlets and knock on the door and be like, "Hello, I wonder if you've got 45 minutes to spare to talk about the law." Uh, Gratitude, actually. <laughs> the Lord, yeah, Lord Gratitude. But yeah, no, I, I mean, it's pretty much like worshipping Lord Gratitude mm. uh, every day. I'm, I'm just, you know, writing. And, and that's the thing. So the reason why I have so much to be grateful for is because I've been practicing it, you know, for mm. for for years now. Um, and it's a non-negotiable thing. So like the other day, uh, I mean, I've, I've mentioned countless anecdotes that are very similar to this but like you know I was at the gym and one of the weights like dropped down on my finger and I was like ow immediately it's like oh man I'm so grateful that that didn't like break my finger that could have been loads worse um and for me to like turn you know a lot of people would have been like oh fuck that's 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 rubbish that is um but immediately I was like that could have been so much worse and I don't know. So like, again, cultivating the attitude of gratitude really helps me have a, like a chipper demeanor when I go around life. Mm. And, um, and to be honest, if you've got like food in your belly, you know, food in the cupboards, you've got a roof over your head and you've got the spare time and attention to listen to this podcast, then you have a <laughs> lot to be grateful really for. really got far too much spare time. You really, really need to reconsider <laughs> the use of your time strongly. Yeah, I, I feel no, like... No, but uh, you, you have a lot to be mm. grateful for. You're like, you can, you can um, at least assume that you are in the upper echelon of human beings on this planet, you know? Mm. Yeah, 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 absolutely. I feel like you get to listen be... to our podcast, you lucky <laughs> bastards. <laughs> I, I feel like it, uh, you could use the analogy of when you, when you think about um, buying something, or for example, you think about buying a new car, and you're like, oh, I really like the idea of a Ford Focus. And then suddenly... You just start seeing Ford Focuses everywhere and you're like, I swear there, there weren't this many Ford Focuses everywhere, but now they're literally everywhere. It's the same with, with gratitude. Once you, once you become aware of it and once you start you know, paying attention to it, then you just you get better at, better at noticing things that you wouldn't have previously noticed. And you're like, oh, I could be grateful for that, actually. Oh, I could be grateful for exactly. that, actually. And so obviously, you know, it is, it is a practice and you get, you get better at anything you practice and, and gratitude certainly... Uh, certainly not exempt from that i think i think you know when you when you're spending all that time or at least you know waking up every morning it's the first thing you do like looking for the things to be grateful sudden you know it doesn't take too long for you not to have to to look for them for them to to stare you in the face and you know yeah. that that gets that gets more fun it, i i feel like when you start a gratitude journal you're like, oh, I guess I, really, I, you know, I really like my socks, or you know, I'm really, <laughs> you, you know, you feel a bit uh, disingenuous, just sort of like rooting around the the inner areas of your mind, looking for things to be grateful for, but then they they consolidate and they compound, and you're like, oh, you know what, I actually actually do really love these socks, and then you know, in the morning before you know it, you're like, oh, I hope I wear those socks again today. Uh, I like to just just disclaim I've, I've never been grateful for my socks, but maybe I'll start. But, yeah, um, I mean, imagine if you didn't have socks, right? Yeah, I mean, I I am one of those really disgusting people that often just you know doesn't wear socks for 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 days. Yeah, I believe I even wrote a song, and that was one of the lyrics saying that you never wear socks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so what? I'm not. I, you'll never find in Benji's gratitude journal him being grateful for socks because guess what? He's a yeah. dirty, fucked hobo loser tramp that doesn't wear them. 
Um, yeah, I can't remember. Was it carefree, bare-free as he walks in the shops? And the, <laughs> something to do with, like, you'll never catch him wearing socks. Oh, oh funny. I remember that song I wrote for your birthday. That was hilarious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so you'll never find socks on your gratitude journal. <laughs> but anyway, I also recently, uh, I've been needing to improve something um, for myself. Um, sorry, I'm just, is that your dog or my dog that's barking? Uh, it's, it's, it's a dog. It's, it's, I don't think it's my dog. It's fine. Okay, cool. Well, we'll just brush over that then. Um, yeah, uh, there's something else that I've needed to improve upon in myself, and uh, that's, um, that's taking praise. Um, so I, I just don't do that very well. If someone um, if someone compliments me, I'm like, oh, there's nothing. I actually just fell over. Or I don't, know, I don't even know how to cook. I just you know wrote the recipe. Or oh, you, you don't. I don't celebrate praise from someone, and um, yeah. and that's that's really crap because it's it's nice to have a compliment recognised when when you're like, oh, your hair looks beautiful and an appropriate and nice response is like oh thanks man that really made me feel good what a lovely thing to say not like oh no, don't even look at it you know just, uh, i just rolled out of bed like that's that's sort of like quite dismissive <laughs> and not not quite rude but it's like well you know it sort of makes the complimenter feel like oh well, why do I, why do i even bother and um yeah and i i feel that that's a tendency that i i tend to lean towards sometimes is, is just not accepting praise so something that I've started doing on top of my gratitude journal is now a praise journal as well, which I'm Ooh, really, like really enjoying actually. Um, and it's just getting me to reflect on, um, on moments that uh, someone has given me praise and, and being like, Oh, that's, that's, that's cool. That was genuine. That was, that was deserved. And, and, you know, to, to celebrate it a little bit more and be a little bit more, um, you know, be a little bit more grateful when someone offers me praise rather than cower and and yeah. and run away from especially the on your hair <laughs> especially on my hair yeah 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 i had i had a, a great compliment the other day uh someone come over and they're like oh man your hair is looking great today i was like isn't it though like man i like i've had like five good hair days in a row and i think it's like this new stuff that i've got uh i got it from the shop and i was just like oh i rubbed it in and it's got this wonderful texture of like clumping together to make my hair look fuller and not balding <laughs> so nice. yeah, yeah, if you're full if you if you're follically challenged, like it definitely, um, well, it depends on how follically challenged, but like uh, this particular stuff is making <laughs> yeah, my hair look very just rub paste on a bald head. <laughs> but Sorry, yeah, I was Danny. like, oh my God. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. You bitch. <laughs> oh my it's God. Only so it's, anyway. a compliment, it's a compliment really, Danny, because it just means that, you know, I, I know you're listening. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Typically can. Um, so anyway, um, so yeah, it was really lovely to have that reaffirmed. Like, so like, oh, your hair is looking great. I was like, oh, I thought so too. Like, this is amazing. Because <laughs> uh, like, any time I think my hair looks great is that any time I don't notice that I'm badly receding. It's like, oh, mm. you can't tell I'm receding. Like, even though it looks like I'm, you know, literally just got out of bed and it's everywhere. Oh, at least it looks thick on the top. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, that's great. And my mum will be stoked because uh, she uh, always tells me like not to. You know, not to shave your head. Don't shave your head, Fred. We, I love your curls. And I'm like, yeah, I know. But, you know, I, I'm, i you know, literally four foot tall, mum. Like, you, mm. it's really hard to hide a receding hairline when everyone's looking down on you. Like, <laughs> um, but, yeah, that was a nice compliment. But, yeah, I know what you mean about uh, receiving compliments. It, sometimes it can be, uh, I don't know, yeah. I mean, a lot of people struggle with it. Um, I'm, I always um, just say, oh, thank you. That's such a kind compliment. Uh, and I've... I've always, I've kind of got in the 
habit of owning that. And uh, I've also passed that on to a lot of other people as well that have um, had trouble accepting compliments. Women don't, women are generally speaking are very um, shy uh, and reserved about receiving compliments, I find. Um, and yeah, I don't know why, but I guess they're maybe, maybe they're a little bit more insecure. Mm. Or maybe that's a sweeping generalization. Maybe that and I'm was a misogynist. A <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, when I was talking about the gratitude, um, I actually wanted to, it's a great little segue into the next thing I wanted to talk about was gratitude being the opposite of entitlement. There was um, something I really wanted to talk about, which is something that I've, t- I've spoken to you about, but I've never actually publicly said it. But um, I wanted to talk about hashtag disability discrimination. There's something that's been on my mind recently that um, I sometimes think some disabled people complain a lot um, about if things aren't accessible, um, which is fair enough. But I'll give you a few examples. There was this woman, this is why I'm bloody off Instagram. I went on Instagram the other day and there was this woman. She was like, oh my God, the handicapped parking spaces are here. But because they've set up this festival, it's like five minutes away from the entrance. And I was like, what? So hold on, you've got a flat car park. You're in a wheelchair. You've got a wheel five minutes to the entrance and and you feel hard done by. The next one was like, this is the most inaccessible festival ever and i was like what are you kidding me like half of it's bloody concrete and she was showing this one bit that i was like grass to get like beer tokens and i was like that's what you're complaining about like you're literally looking for like things to complain about that this is probably one of the most accessible festivals i've ever seen you should try living where i live mate like (laughs) Mm. try going to um, glastonbury you can't walk through Glastonbury when the when your wellies are you know full of mud and it's up to you know people lose wellies with every step you know you certainly wouldn't get a wheelchair through it you need you need a fucking boat if you're uh, if you're handicapped through Glastonbury I know man and uh, like some people um I feel like if they if they don't get like extra VIP treatment they feel like they're being hard done by like there was another lady who was complaining about the snow and like how they cleared the roads and then all the snow goes on the on the pavement and I was like, yeah, that is, that's, that's a ball ache for everyone. That is not disability discrimination. Like that's, that's not, <laughs> that's just, you know, if, if you were a town planner and you prioritized all the people in wheelchairs, you'd have a lot of pissed off people. The roads are obviously the priority. And yeah, like the sidewalk, if it gets covered in snow, like that is, you know, they'll get to it. Just <laughs> give it a minute, you know, give it a minute. <laughs> like, And, um, oh, there was another one I saw recently. Um, and there was this guy, he was like caning down the pavement. Like he had like a sort of head cam, like GoPro on. And the title of his YouTube video was called Ableist Scum. And it had this like picture <laughs> of a guy with like a, you know, like a fluffy hood and uh, at a bus stop. And I was like, oh, this will be juicy. I wonder what this guy said to this guy. And this guy was hacking, you know, he's got like a bike attachment for the wheelchair like mine. Hacking down the, like weaving in and out of, um, uh, you know, pedestrians looks like a like a busy sort of maybe London street, and I was like, this is pretty mm. irresponsible. He's going very very fast here, and like this guy just st- all he said, yeah, was like, shouldn't you be on the road with that thing, mate? And this guy who obviously had a chip <laughs> on his shoulder just unleashed this like verbal abuse at this guy, no. fucking ableist scum. I'm fucking paralysed, man. I'm allowed to be on the pavement, and I was like, whoa. I was like, whoa, I think the problem here is not this guy. <laughs> I mm. think it could be you, man. Yeah. Put down the magnifying glass and pick up the mirror. Um, yeah. Because it just, 
Uh, it was really crazy. And again, I don't want to like group all people with disabilities uh, as whiners, but like sometimes the people, like the minority of people that complain, like they have the loudest voices, um, especially if you're like an Instagram influencer. It really irks me, man. I'm just like, this isn't disability discrimination. This is just life, man. You should try to adapt to the world around you as much as possible rather than expecting the world to adapt to you and then fucking complaining about it. Um, and I just wanted to, to say that because it's been like, I'm almost like, oh, I want this, I, it's been building up in my head for ages. <laughs> like, ah, just fucking stop complaining so much. Um, but the then also... The squeaky wheelchair you know, gets the grease. The squeaky wheelchair gets the grease. But I wanted to ask your opinion on this. Like, give me some kickback, you know, steel man the other, <laughs> the other side of the argument. Yeah, yeah, what, what a horrible bastards they are. Um, uh, well, that's a little bit difficult because I, I think I do probably probably agree with you, but let's uh, let's give it a shot. I mean, you know, a lot of these people have had their lives like heavily ruptured, of which you can empathise with massively. And you know, we're currently in. Uh, I really am still manning this. I don't. Uh, I don't agree with this <laughs> at all. You know, there there is a sense of entitlement because they're they're after they're after equity. You know, and I don't mean like a house. I mean I mean they're after you know, balanced equality. They want you know, they want an existence which isn't impeded by their disability. They, they want the state to to absorb whatever difficulties are caused by them, you know, being stupid enough mm. to jump off a cliff. Um, <laughs> but I, uh, I, I, can't, I can't really rebuttal t- too much. You know, I, I think, you know, it's not helpful when anyone's, uh, anyone's expressing expressing that much anger um you know in 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 day-to-day life it's uh it's tricky out there i i don't know how tricky it is you'll be better better schools to establish how exactly how tricky it is but um, i think i could probably steel man it i think like you know how like women couldn't vote you know and they had to like fight for the vote and like you know how a lot of people a lot of places are accessible now because they weren't before and they then people piped up and complained I think maybe that um, that sort of that you know you know let's have a voice you know there's a really great um, documentary on uh, Netflix I think it's called Cripple Club Cripp- yeah, Cripple, yeah, Camp, yeah. Cripple Camp yeah, Cripple Camp I've seen that and that was, um, that was advocating great. for that was great and if you're advocating for like rights and accessibility mm. for disabled people they brought in the ADA is it the Accessible Disabilities Act or something in the in the in the states, which which is great. I think that is um that's wonderful to start off that movement and saying like look look we 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 have rights too. We need we we need to be able to get in places and you should be accepting of people in wheelchairs with disabilities. I think that's really great and I think that's probably where it came from. So if I was to steel man it, it's like if you never complained about stuff, it would never get better. But then I just think that like. What's going to get better about just... like nearly knocking people over on the pavement and then going get out of the way? <laughs> That's uh... uh, I guess this particular guy, like I again, he pff, to be fair, he posted it on. Um, I kind of feel sorry for him because he posted it on a Facebook page that was for spinal cord injuries, and nobody, nobody was on his side. They were like, "Dude, you were." Um, outrageously irresponsible mm. like going way too fast down that pavement all that guy said was like you know <laughs> um, shouldn't you be on the road with that thing and they were like you probably should be on the road with that mm. thing like mm. you're going way too fast why can't you go on the road like it's a power it's a it's a power assisted hand cycle mm. um, also and got wh- no... whenever you're going down the, whenever you're like walking down the street and you just like see 
a, a queue of backed up traffic and there's just like some old geezer in a motorized car just like <laughs> like just creeping along you're like yes go on legend it's a, it's a great sight to see someone someone just like backing up traffic with a tiny scooter yeah. middle of the road living I guess their best maybe, life like i say i think maybe it's not like people with disabilities complain a lot but I think that's the impression that I get because, like I say, like the small minority of people, and they're usually like wheelchair influencers. They have like the loudest voices, and if that if they project that out, and then they have like I guess maybe like an echo chamber of people like going, yeah, bloody, you know, that is disability discrimination, and, mm. and that sort of I guess I don't know that sort of you know that group think this. I mean, they're influencers, so they're influencing, I guess, public opinion on on stuff and. Maybe it's moving in the right direction. Maybe I'm coming from a place of ignorance, but all I all I know is like I I saw that festival and I was like, holy mate, I would love to go to a festival like that. If you if this is the you using like this grandiose terms like this is the most wheelchair inaccessible festival ever. I was like, oh my god, this, you have no idea how good you've got it. Like most yeah. of that festival is concrete. Like mm. I've been to more inaccessible ones, like the one that we first met in, and that was fine. I didn't complain one bit. <laughs> True. True. That was a lovely one. But again, I think I think this like really circles around to like having an attitude of gratitude. You know, I think you can certainly cultivate an attitude of gratitude, but you can also cultivate an attitude of entitlement a little mm. bit, or mm. at least you know you, people that complain a lot, you know, complain a lot, and and they're, they're well, very vocal. Maybe they've got a lot to be angry about. You know, maybe they've got a lot to be sad at. People have to people have to redirect that somewhere. And, you know, unfortunately, social media gives everyone a platform to, to feel entitled to, to scream their voice at the, at, at the top of their lungs and be like, hey, look, look, this is how I've been wrong. This is how, like, I'm, I'm going through hardship. Like, notice here, you know, understand me. And, you yeah, know, that, that yeah. sort of, no. like, it's a self-perpetuating thing that sort of uh, gets, a, gets a fire lit under it. And, you know, it gets validated by all the people that do agree with them. And they're like, yeah, 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 see, see, see. Yeah, I'd love to hear some feedback from uh, anyone who's listening with a disability. I know, I know a lot of people that listen to this podcast are in wheelchairs. Like, am I right? Am I wrong? Like, what is there? You know, is there a grey area? Am I am I not looking? Uh, you know, is is there a different perspective that I haven't seen? Get in touch with us. Um, <laughs> I don't know how because we, we we very rarely check our Instagram, but um, mm. you know, at, at apes on tape Instagram, whatever. Um, but yeah, so. I don't know, man. Um, I'd love, I'd love to, I'd love to hear some fr- from some people with disabilities. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. I see if I'm that too. I always, th- if I other always... people are like, yeah, I've thought that too, or like, mm. no, you know. I often find that I feel that you know, I feel find it very difficult to to see see the other side of a lot of arguments that we that we have. I understand that there is, you know, a huge dichotomy and you know, massive polarization in a lot of in a lot of instances and in a lot of topics we we converse about i find it really difficult to genuinely embody the um the other side of the argument and i'm like oh who you know who are the people that are you know reasonable and kind and and you know relatively you know educated or intelligent that are on this side of the argument you may be on one side and there are plenty of people on the other side who are who are just reasonable humans, but I'm like I want I want to know you. I want to converse with you. I want to. This isn't such a good example because this is just an example of three people. It sounds like behaving like dicks. I guess it's more appropriate <laughs> to when it's something like uh, a political uh, polarity or or you know whatever that whatever that 
that might present, it kind of gives you an opportunity to look at the other side, but everyone on the other side looks completely unreasonable. But, you know, I'm always interested to find people who are reasonable on the other side of an yeah. argument that I fall one side instead of the other. Absolutely, man. Like, I think if anyone's listening, you could just put in hashtag disability discrimination and see what comes up and, and make make your own uh, judgment, you know. Um, I, I find that a lot of it is, is, is definitely not discrimination. It's just mm. that's life. Mm. Um, but then also ableism is a thing. Have you heard of ableism? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've mentioned it before, but go on. So ableism is, I think, the idea that people, you know, a lot of people call it internalized ableism and how you think that, like, basically not being disabled is better than being disabled. And as someone with a disability, I would have to say I, I would much rather not be disabled than, than you know. And so I, I, I kind of get, the, I, it's something, again, that irks me. I don't want to, I sort of don't want to beat this uh, horse too much, but... Um, um, I don't know how how to put it. When people, you know, when they call them like ableist, like it's it's looking down on disability and saying, "Oh, you're not as good as me because I'm able-bodied." And mm. I get that. That's that's like you know, it's an ism, you know, like racism or whatever. Um, so like, I I do get it. Like, but at the same time, uh, I don't know what I'm trying to say here. I think is it, so, st- is it still people- ableist to to like pity or to to treat people differently because they are disabled? Is that still? Ableism? I don't really know. I I don't really know. I think it's what it's when you when you think that being not being disabled is better than being disabled, then you're an ableist. But I would argue that I've been both, and I really did prefer it when I wasn't. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> does, that, well, does that does that make? I mean, and then someone some people would say, "Oh, well, that's your internalized ableism speaking," mm, and I'd be like, "Yeah, maybe." Well, well, I, I'd like I'd like to dangerously offer the analogy of, of race in this instance and be like, you know, um, it, it, again, as I always do, I'm I'm reverting back to a to a Louis C.K. bit, and he's just he, he says, you know, if um if being white was an option, I would pick it every time, and he's like, I'd be I'd like to be clear, I'm not saying white people are better. What I'm saying is being white is clearly better. Like, who could even argue? <laughs> you know, if it was an option, I'd be like, oh, yeah, I've been enjoying white. I'll, I'll take white again. Thank you very much. Because, you know, to be to be black is, you know, life is a lot more difficult in a lot of instances, a lot of, you know, times, geographical locations, uh, social situations. You know, it's it's a lot more difficult. And I, I think the same thing applies to to ableism you know it, it, objectively you can you can see that someone someone reasonable would be like oh, i think i'll 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 pick that one yeah that one the one with legs yeah 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 the one with legs why why well cuz he's got fucking legs you idiot <laughs> yeah yeah exactly exactly that's that's really that's really risque but obviously it's louis ck and uh, he's he he handles things with such with such great humor and mm-hmm. candor but like yeah of course like it's so you don't want to you don't want to say it out loud but like yeah you you would pick white wouldn't you you wouldn't be like oh you know i'll uh <laughs> that's horrible but like yeah um it, it is that we do have a lot of privileges and you know why wouldn't you um but yeah i mean yeah anyway let's let's just change the subject well <laughs> I leg, think we, legs legs are definitely a privilege then in this instance and i i, I feel like it's not ableism to to objectively state that you know it's you know, it's it's good. It's good to have the use of your legs. It's it's pre- it's preferable. It doesn't mean you're a better person, but you know, it 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 does it does make things easier for you. 
Oh, absolutely. Absolutely it does. Uh, and I think that is, um, that's quite clear. So, I mean... Is that ableist, though? Am I being ableist? Maybe I'm, um, an, ab- maybe I'm, maybe I'm an ableist. Maybe you've got internalised ableism. Maybe I've got internalised you know? ableism. Maybe and you, you, could, uh, and you, maybe you could help me with that. Check yourself before you wreck yourself. Check myself um, after I've wrecked myself. <laughs> so anyway, let's let, let's change the subject. Uh, you wanted to talk about love. Yeah, 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 I did. Well, you just um, recently recommended to me uh, a great uh, stand-up stand-up show by uh, Daniel Sloss. Sloss, is it? Yeah, Sloss, Sloss, Sloss. Sloss. Uh, a very charismatic um, uh, Scottish guy who uh, who is uh, it was absolutely hilarious. It was a, it was a it was a helpful thing to to watch for me, and I guess um, something I'm going through. Uh, personally, in the moment, means that uh, you know it was pretty, uh, it was pretty poignant and and pretty effective. And I've just been, I've been thinking um, a lot recently um, about life and uh, and love and um, and sort of discussing with myself, you know, um, <clears throat> what's the what's the right thing to do? Really, I've been grappling with a with a difficult decision, and. Um, I've I've come I've come to the idea that uh, and I and I'd like you to you know to to push back on this because Daniel certainly does in his stand up and um, yeah. I I feel like love is is like um is like anything um, and I guess like we've been speaking about earlier if you want to get good at something you have to practice it it doesn't uh, it doesn't come with ease like if you um engaged in uh, the activity of learning tennis. And you went to play tennis, and um, and the first time you missed a shot, you're like, oh, that was that was rubbish. Uh, I'm not going to play tennis anymore. And you just threw down your racket and left. Uh, you know, the same with you know learning maths. As soon as you get to a long division, you're like, oh, this is too difficult. You're never going to get any better at tennis. You're never going to get any better at maths. And you know, the same the same applies emotionally, uh, I think. And um, I guess Daniel sort of um, presents the um, the idea. That um, absolute perfect compatibility is is what one should be one should be holding out for, and um, it's an interesting perspective. I've, it feels it feels naive and it feels pie in the sky. Not only that, it 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 feels um, not lazy, but it feels like a path of least resistance. And, and those are technically and typically, sorry, um, the ones where you don't learn anything. Uh, if you mm got yourself a video game and all you did was was you know walk through the video game and 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 pick up the coins and collect the fruit you you wouldn't play that video game again it wouldn't wouldn't be any fun you wouldn't grow you wouldn't get any better and mm. i guess that you know being in relationship with someone is an opportunity to to better to better adapt to better learn how to be a good person not just for for someone else but for you, sorry, not just for you, but for someone else as well, or vice versa. Yeah. And I think it would be, you know, I think it would be a missed opportunity to not grow in in the adversity of someone else and their preferences. Yeah. So, for the benefit of the listeners, like, let's run through, um, so the, the, the piece is called Jigsaw. It's a stand-up comedy set. It's available on Netflix. I'd highly recommend... People would watch it if you've got Netflix. Jigsaw mm. by Daniel Sloss. Very, very good. And the idea... You'll, you'll come away from it definitely wanting to shave your own arsehole. <laughs> exactly. We can, we can definitely talk about that. Um, 
but let, let's let's not go off on that tangent just yet. But um, so the idea is that when he was younger, some like his old man told him that life is like a jigsaw puzzle, and you know you, but you you're trying to put the pieces together, but you don't know what the picture is. So you start with the corners and the sides, and you know you've got like family, friends, hobbies, and you know, and he was like, well, what's in the middle, Dad? And he's like, well, that's that's your that's your partner. That's your that's that's you know, you fill that hole mm. with. The, the idea of this of this perfect partner and mm. that once you get that union then you're whole and this analogy that he was given as a youngster he 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 really took that to heart it really imprinted on him so for example so every time he looked um to try and fill his hole to to, to, to make his jigsaw complete with other with other people um he it's a great analogy because because everyone else has got their jigsaw you know and and you know you see so at first when you're when you're together and you're in that you know romantic you know three month you know honeymoon period every everything's wonderful because i think gen genuinely or generally people pretend uh i think at the beginning of a lot of relationships people pretend to be something they're not like they agree with with things that their partner does or says that particular that aren't particularly uh, th- basically that, that things down the line when you get into a relationship that they that they weren't cool with so for example at the beginning of a relationship you will think that something that they do a little mannerism is is rather adorable and then you know six months down the line it will be like the worst thing ever it will be it will be terrible mm. and basically that, that's not necessarily pretending that's um that's chemicals that's hormones we are we are in the first three months as it would happen uh, we are flooded with uh, with chemicals to for the purpose uh, of keeping us in relation, but for the purpose of finding a mate, our body is flooding us with hormones saying, just ignore that. No, 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 don't listen to that. No, 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 you, you, her life isn't annoying. You actually find it really adorable. That isn't you pretending. That is your body releasing those hormones and chemicals in order to make you ignore that so that you can procreate. Because if we immediately felt irritated by things or felt, you know, costed or trapped or whatever by by certain situations you know you'd never get a chance to procreate so the body's invented this remarkable thing called love that um yeah. <laughs> that helps you ignore that exactly yeah exactly so so the point is is, is something that i've uh, spoke about before with you i'm not sure if you spoke about it on the podcast but um there's a wonderful talk by alan de botton on mm. romanticism have you yeah, seen that yeah 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 i've seen it yeah yeah it's fantastic yeah so his, his argument is um that you know, current media. Um, we're in we're in we're in a, an era of romanticism ever since sort of Shakespeare and books and stuff. Where the this idea, this cultural mainstream idea of like falling in love is 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 so is held in such high esteem. Mm. So for example, Disney, Disney movies, you know, where Aladdin gets together with Jasmine mm. and the whole thing is just them them getting together and like oh yeah wonderful. But no, but the no one. You know, you know. Oh, let's let's see how Aladdin and Jasmine are getting on. Like ten years after they've been married, like see if mm. they're still blissfully mm. together. You know, it, the whole story is falling in love, but not staying in love. Mm. And um, well, so I, his- yeah, I, I'd like I'd like to interject at this point because this sort of you know uh, supports my point in the fact that you know love actually doesn't really necessarily exist in the form that we think it does. So you know, the the Disney princess love thing. It, presents the idea that you 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 find the right person you fall madly in love and then that that just works and that that continues on this you know plateau of amazingness 
for what like you know 60 years like no that's just that's just not going to happen love love is you know uh, a, a chemistry that happens between two people and you're like wow i feel really strongly for this person and then in that moment in that whirlwind you begin to like build and grow and make things together and become more entwined and inevitably actually the reality is that that sort of chemistry does plateau and does die off but that doesn't mean that you can't exercise love and kindness and and growth with with a person and it's not what i think daniel is presenting in his talk because he uses his parents as an as an as an example that they stay you know sickeningly sickeningly in love the, the entire time i think that's unrealistic i think it's naive and i think it's ill-informed like i'm sure his parents have gone through some horrific stuff together i know for a fact one of them is the, you know the the loss of a child like, how do how do they handle that what the fuck did that look like um and i think in in daniel presenting this in his stand-up they're like ah, oh, you know love should be perfect because that's what it he sort of contradicts himself um in saying that you know he his dad told him oh you know in a relationship is is everything and then he then obviously rebelled against that and now is like yay yay single i can be single all the time you know i lo- i love myself i don't need a relationship but then he still continues to hold his parents relationship in such high esteem and represent it as the the disney relationship of perfection whereas actually i think that's that's not what is to be coveted that you know easy street perfection that is really quite unattainable unrealistic and you know he probably doesn't know as as much about it as as his two parents do and what i think is more valuable which alan de botton also talks about is is finding someone who has a reasonable amount of compatibility um falling in love chemically inevitably because if you you know if you have sex with someone you're you're gonna fall in love with them that's just that's kind of how, how it goes really and um and then working at that and not just having it on easy street and just you know just going along on this plateau because everything works completely perfectly succinctly but actually learning ways in which you are you fail or you fall down or you're too aggressive or to whatever it might be these are opportunities that are presented to you by being in relation to to grow and without being in relation or without having that pushback without having that that wall you're not going to learn you're not going to grow and and I think that's the the largest value one can get from love. And I'm not saying that necessarily it needs to be a relationship that is eternal. But, you know, being in relation with people who are, aren't perfect for you gives you multiple opportunities to grow and become a better version of yourself that is more, like you were saying, adapted to the world around you rather than expecting someone to f- slot perfectly in to, to what you are. Like, you know, yeah. one, one should... One should try and you know be be like water be be fluid you know and and fill the space uh you know a, a monk or, or buddha or whatever they they work at not desiring that is how to avoid suffering is you is you don't desire they are they are fluid to all different you know outcomes and situations and try not to be try not to experience suffering in it and they do yeah. that by not desiring and i think you know to be able to be comfortable and content in many different situations is where the real value is and not necessarily finding something of ultimate perfection that apparently is succinct i i i agree with you man i agree with you like his um like i think you know 
to oversimplify his point and and sort of say, you know, you should find this uh, this perfect partner that you're completely compatible with, and if there's any red flags, throw the baby out with the bathwater. But he does say, you know, if you his 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 point is like that he tries to break down the jigsaw uh, metaphor and say, listen, you need to fill in like the middle of the jigsaw isn't your partner, the middle of the jigsaw is you, and you need to come to the to the relationship complete and not expecting mm. the partner to fill in the gaps for you. Like they're mm. not your missing jigsaw piece. Yeah. And then he was also just pointing, pointing out some rather obvious red flags um, during his, it, yeah, it's kind of like half comedy show, half Ted talk. It's, it's, it's really funny. Mm. Just pointing out some very, very obvious red flags in relationships that if these things happen, um, then, you know, you're the, the, this person isn't right for you. If you're having these feelings, he, he, he puts it quite, you know, it's, it's a stand-up comedy show, but he's just like, you know, have you ever felt like, you know, if wouldn't it be great if just the other person just 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 died, you know, just just yeah. just slept just slipped away in their sleep painlessly? Wouldn't that be just such a relief, you know? <laughs> and yeah. um, and I know, and, and I know people um that would probably like in relationships that would that would that would welcome that, you know, they wouldn't have to they wouldn't have to go through the logistics <laughs> of breaking up with someone. They could be like, oh, brilliant. Like like this painless, wonderful mm. way of, uh, of of ending a relationship. It, obviously, it's it's done with comedic effect, but um, it's it's basically saying like if you're in a if you're compromising massively in a relationship, stop immediately. You mm. deserve better. Mm. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, it's, it's a it's a very good point. And I've uh, what I've got to add is personally to this situation. Recently, I've. I've had a bit of space myself to, to, to do some reflection and, and, you know, that's something that I like to do, um, you know, all, all the time and, and, and having this space and time that, I, that I've had up here, I've had some great reflection time and I've been, uh, I've been given, you know, a bit of a gift that, you know, we've shared a few times, uh, you know, you, you have often taken the opportunity of this, this, this platform to, to offer solidarity to, to listen, listeners or wh- whoever, in rep- representing yourself as, as wrong like you know being honest being being open being vulnerable being like hey listen this is when and how i was i was a dick and often i'm like oh jesus that was that was brave <laughs> I, I wouldn't do that <laughs> uh, and and haven't done but actually that is something that i've 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 recognized within myself quite recently and uh i gotta say it's i i, I do enjoy it it's uh it, it's nice it's pretty it's pretty harrowing <laughs> yeah absolutely i mean like we, I've you know I've said it even in this podcast. Um, put down the magnifying glass and pick up the mirror. And sometimes when you pick up the mirror, you don't like what you see, man. You're just like, oh my god, am I mm. am I the bad guy? Like, oh shit, mm. I I might be at fault here. And it's mm. uh, it's a horribly harrowing realization. And it sometimes jolts you into like, oh my god, like I need to I need to put this right immediately. Like, mm. um, so. But yeah, yeah, I mean, you know, I I feel like I've I, I and this is a completely new experience for me. I don't know that I have ever felt as uh, as as wrong as I as I feel right now. It's really interesting. I I'm I'm really enjoying it. Um, I I've got to say because to be not I mean not fully wrong. Like everyone has their responsibility to take. Everyone's accountable for different for different things but you know when one realizes they're wrong that they fucked up that they were a dick it's a it's a real easy path to um to um to fixing it you know it's uh, mm. like if, if you're in a if you're in a relationship and um 
and you just like, oh, I just really need the other person to be a polar bear. Like you, you're you're going to be disappointed. Like you, that that's not going to happen. You can't change other people. You can only change yourself. So when you get presented um, this uh, this reveal, they're like, oh, you you just fucked up. You just fucked up real bad right there. You're like, oh, I could just not do that. I could. I could just change. I could just change that. That's that's completely available to me. Like it's really, it's a really relieving sensation to be like, oh, it's it, oh, it's just that. That's me. That's all on me. Like I've I've been a massive tool, and you know, and it's quite empowering in a way because you're like, oh, I can just, I can just fix that. I can just go. I can just change. Hmm. Absolutely. Um. Well, I, 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 I think it's wonderful that you've had that introspection um, and yeah, it, it can be empowering, it can be uh, uncomfortable and if mm. you feel like you can, you can do something different, um, then, then by all means. I, I would say that, so going back to the guy, um, you know, the, the, the jigsaw analogy and, and, the, and the comedy special, uh, he says, you know, like people are more in love with the idea of love than the person they're with, you know, mm. and sort of yeah. like r- romanticizing the idea of romance, you know, and, and having this wonderful, like, oh, maybe, maybe life would be better with this person, then mm. I'd feel whole. Mm. Um, so I guess my rebuttal would be sort of, you know, come into the relationship whole and two and both parties in the relationship should not want the other person to change. Um, for example, he gives a, he gives a, an example of his ex-girlfriend saying that she was jealous of the relationship um, he had with his dad, you know, mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was, you know, and uh, he was, and then he, you know, he said, oh, but you know, it's, but then he, he, he made the effort to speak to his dad less, um, you know, to, to appease her. And then he said, he also had, she had uh, an issue with one of his best friends being female. And that, um, you, you know, she, she said, sometimes I feel like, you love her more than you love me. And he says, like, quite comically, of course I do. We've known each other for years. Like, you mm. can't just, you know, have a, you know, give us a quick blowjob and get the number one spot after two months, you know? <laughs> like, this person is a very, very dear friend of mine, you know? And, and, and you know, and from, and, and his ex-girlfriend saying, oh, you know, it makes me feel uncomfortable you, you talking to her. Um, that is, you know, he, he said how, how ridiculous it was. But then he was like, of course I didn't say that. I was like, oh, of course, I'll... If it makes you happy, I'll talk to her less. So when people are asking you to compromise on your, you know, on yourself, like, you know, like he, he was using the analogy, the less he was of him, of himself, the more he resented his partner for making him change. Mm. Um, and so I think it's really important that, you know, you, that someone loves you for who you are, you know, and not like who they want you to be. Mm. Mm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, that's yeah, that, that's an interesting enough perspective. I won't, uh, I won't, uh, I won't give it any more airtime for now. But like you did mention earlier, um, uh, being in the face of being uncomfortable, uh, and that's that's one of the things that I'm 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 looking looking into being. And I, I've been listening to lots of um, lots of Alan Watts recently because I love him and he's uh, his entire works are um, on the um, on the Waking Up app. So that's just now what I listen to um when i'm doing my morning run and it is great um he's a he's a fantastic person to just have in your ear at least once a day he's always got something wise to say and uh, he talks about being uncomfortable a lot and uh it's sort of really it's really um 
inviting for for relief to to be reminded that you're not you're not searching for happiness which is another thing that daniel sort of um relies heavily on that you 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 know you should be in this perpetual state of happiness he's he's looking for that being the main focus of his jigsaw whereas i happen to disagree because i feel that you know happiness is a perpetual search and it's it's not one that you're you're ever gonna ever gonna finish and contentment something maybe a bit more reasonable and, and a bit a bit more sustainable and and calmer and um yeah alan watts um recently or actually repeatedly represents um the idea of being uncomfortable and the idea of being you know elated they they have to come together you can't have one without the other if everyone was um was uncomfortable no one would be or if everyone was was elated no one would be you know um you you have to have that dichotomy you have to have the polarity and i guess it's really nice to be consistently reminded that when you're feeling uncomfortable when something bad is happening when it's not going your way it's just because something will go your way you know in a moment's time you, it wouldn't be going your way when it does go your way if you didn't have this uncomfortableness that it's great to learn to to sit in to be to be comfortable to be comfortable in the uncomfortable yeah no I, I understand that could that could be that could be a lot of things like that absolutely and I think an example I had today for example uh <laughs> when I I stressed myself out about something that um that was all you know the you know if I had to unwind it um uh, I spoke to you just before the podcast about uh, how I read on a uh, listened on a YouTube channel about how to change your state if you're feeling a little bit you know funky just have a shower like having a shower is a really good way mm. to like reset and uh, and uh, also had a little little toke so a little toke in a shower it was great and I got out of the shower and I was like oh my god I think this all stemmed from something that happened this morning um, and it made me something that didn't go right my it made me feel uncomfortable this morning and it grew like a like a like a little tumor like a little worm mm. in the back of my head and I was just like oh now now you know now I'm a little bit annoyed at Benji and I'm a little bit annoyed at someone else and and I and I remember thinking like like whatever it was um that made me uncomfortable it spread and made me it put me in a bit of a foul mood and once I'd reset like you know having that that, that shower and like come out of it I was like oh okay cool and and I, I'm a huge fan of the Waking Up app as well. Like I meditate with Sam Harris every morning, and he's a phenomenal, um, uh, you know, meditation instructor. And I love the fact that you know everything, good or bad, starts with a thought in your head. You know what I mean? Mm, like, yeah. And and I just I just love that. And like he says, you know, learning to meditate is like one of the most important things you can do, because it's the difference between staying angry for a minute and staying angry for an hour and that's yeah. that's immeasurable that's an immeasurable difference to mm. to recognize your thoughts and not not latch on to them so i really do get what you're saying like with with um with alan watts and you know these wonderful words of wisdom and absolutely you can try and be comfortable in the face of discomfort but then you, you know you can also you know on the flip side um we, you can also ch choose external paths of uh, of like least re least resistance and sort of you know, you know what I mean? Like you, 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 to be comfortable in the face of un discomfort isn't necessarily to choose a path, a path that you know is going to give you discomfort. 
And let, yeah, let, let me just uh, butt in with this one because I, I, uh, I was just sort of leading on to the Alan Watts thing. I'm not actually like, you know, uh, referring the, uh, the relationship to, to being to being uncomfortable. Oh, okay, <laughs> I, cool. I, I wasn't making that, uh, that conjunction. Yeah, well, um, well, yeah, like I say, I'm, I'm, I, I haven't actually listened to that much Alan Watts, but now I know that it's on the Waking Up app. Um, I will certainly, certainly give it a go. But I love Sam Harris's talks like a lot. You know, they resonate with me so much. So uh, mm. I, I absolutely adore the guy. He's he's a, he's a really good egg. Mm. Um, yeah, well, Sam, yeah, Sam so, Harris is more your cup of tea, isn't he? He's one of the one of the four horsemen. He's a bit more, he's a bit more logistical. Alan Watts is a little bit more, um, a little bit more airy fairy. Is he really? Uh, what's yeah, t- tell me well, why you love Alan Alan Watts so much? Because you 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 listen to him like a lot, you know. Yeah, well, I, I do bang on about him. Well, he just po- he popularized Buddhism um, in the in the sixties, I think. And I, yeah, I've just always found him incredibly insightful to listen to. Like you know, like Alan Watts, um, Ram Dass is uh, is another one that's incredibly insightful to listen to. And I I feel that it's something that you can just you can just continue to listen to. It's it's not um, it's not like a piece of information that you're given. Like, oh, I now understand that. It's it's just again, it's like a practice. It's it's just reminding yourself of a certain way to 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 think and and feel. And he just he's just in line in a lot of instances with with ways I feel that the the universe is and the world works. It's nice to have that validation. I kind of had uh, I had this sensation, which maybe you'll be able to relate to because it. it this isn't something Alan Watts said. It's just something I came up with as I was listening to Alan Watts, and I was just imagining the universe as as um, as the Beck, <laughs> as um, <laughs> as like, uh, but but slightly different. Like it would it would be a non hierarchical kitchen, uh, and every uh, you know how it's great when you work in a restaurant or you start a restaurant, you know, because of all the restaurants that I started. How um. <laughs> How everyone does every job. You should have everyone doing every job. Everyone should know how to do everything. Everyone should know what it feels like to be that person, so that you can empathise and you you know you treat them appropriately for what's best for the entire company. So you know you don't, you don't just like you know go to the bar and chuck the glasses there because once you've been a barman, you're like oh it's actually really helpful if I put the glasses over here, and vice versa with literally every single position that. Um, in the company, including you know the the owner that sits sits at home, and and does nothing, of which is no one for the back, but you know hypothetically, <laughs> um, and I uh, I was just toying with the idea of of the universe being you know essentially a uh, you know a parenthood, uh, you know a seed gives birth to a tree, and that tree, you know, has a relationship to the to the previous, to its to its parent essentially, like they have. Um, you know, similar DNA, etc., and the universe is just a, a very expanded, exaggerated version of that. And if everything is operating under this uh, this one singular energy, but it's like a non-hierarchical kitchen, it means that suffering doesn't have the same, you know, horrific um, impact that it feels like it does to the individual if everyone is doing everything do you understand yeah. what i mean so it's just a it's it's fine to 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 observe suffering to be in suffering when you know that you know that's not you forever 
and it can be as exaggerated as you know observing you know some someone in a wheelchair someone someone paralyzed and be like oh that's that's okay because you know later later you won't be like, it will just it will all come back around everyone's doing like this this big consistent circle to experience everything and it just gives a certain lightheartedness to um to like, in, intense suffering because you know oh you just you just it's just your turn to do that you're just gonna you're gonna learn like you know no one likes to be the dishy when we're all when we're all picking different jobs you know you don't you, yeah, you, know, yeah. you don't want to do that you, obviously everyone would like to be the guy that sits at home on his laptop collecting the money but it's just not your turn to do that this time but it will ah, i see is this is this the stuff that alan watts preaches uh i mean that that's pretty benjified but yeah <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, is that when he's writing a sermon? Hmm. Uh, I, I, you know, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, it sounds it sounds great, man. I I know what you mean. Like, uh, I'm going off on a little bit of a tangent here. Um, but when so when you, I, I wanted to pick up on the suffering, and I know that Sam Harris and the effective altruism movement is is to alleviate as much suffering as possible, um, which is. How can I put it? Um, sometimes I, I that doesn't. It, it sounds like very noble cause. Like as, as if we can alleviate as much suffering as possible, that would be the be, the best outcome, right? Um, but sometimes I think I've suffered immensely and I've grown. I've like mm. I don't think that you should. Like there's a lot to be said for suffering, right? The suffering is a part of the human condition. Mm. Like unnecessary suffering. I guess it would be get it would be nice to move in a direction where like people didn't have to unnecessarily suffer like like a lot, but I don't know. Do, do you know what I'm saying? Like maybe yeah, I'm not. This yeah, I I completely agree. This is kind of exactly what I'm saying, and, and um, you know maybe it worded a little better already. But for example, if if we cured cancer tomorrow, it wouldn't mean that people suffer less. I'm just saying, like hypothetically, let's say you know cancer is is the worst thing. Mm. There would just be a new worst thing in in a, a generation's time. People would still suffer as much. We're 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 always going to be on the spectrum of of one to ten from suffering suffering to to joy, and it's not. You can't feel better if you haven't felt worse. So someone who hasn't yeah. suffered as much as, as the worst suffering is, is not going to be able to experience the lack of that. So yeah. if, to, to, to eliminate as much suffering as possible is, is kind of not possible. You, I guess you are moving, you, you know, you're moving up the ladder of, of yeah. experience. But is that, is that really, are you really doing anything? Because someone's still going to be experiencing number one, it's just going to be yeah. a different. It's just going to be a number one somewhere else. I'm reminded of the of the Kurtz Kazar, um video of, about dissatisfaction, and this goes full circle straight back to gratitude. But a lot of people are very dissatisfied with their lives, even though the quality of of life, res like respectively, is 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 the highest it's ever been. Like you're mm. it's the, you're, you're the least likely to. Uh, time in history to die at the hands of another person we've got like lots you know we we eat food that like kings and queens and royalty couldn't have dreamed mm. of eating uh like a hundred years ago you know like all mm. from around the world we go into the supermarket and you know probably like one of the one of the biggest complaints from people is, is that they're bored you know like mm. um 
you know, because we've got phones that entertain us, you know, and, and everything. And, and people, and again, so, you know, this wonderful video, it, it comes right back around to like, gratitude is the antidote really to dissatisfaction. You know, a lot of suffering that goes on unnecessarily in people's heads is down to just thoughts, you know, mm. in their head, you know, these thoughts, again, like everything can be almost cured, like not everything, but like 90% of, of, of problems can be solved with just observing the mind and being like, oh, where has mm. this thought come from? You know, like, mm. where is, why did this pop into my head? Why is it, why have I gone down a rabbit hole of mm. thinking about my life being rubbish? And, you know, again, attuning your mind to seeing the positive things like you, like you see Ford focuses. <laughs> I guess the the obvious rebuttal to that, given the uh, given the current um, you know political climate, is someone you know someone fleeing war in Ukraine or the Middle East probably wouldn't feel like um, you know a gratitude diary could uh, could relieve their suffering. And I guess uh, Sam I, Harris. I, I, I will rebuttal that because I'm I'm sure that in any situation there's something to be grateful for. If you're fleeing Ukraine, then you're not dead. You know, you, you, you know, you're not being tortured, you know, like there's always something to be grateful for. And I know I'm, I'm like saying, oh, but there is always something to be grateful for, man. Mm. Yeah, I, I, you're absolutely right. I do agree. But, you know, I understand where, you know, Sam Harris is coming from when he's like, oh, it'd be good to remove all suffering because it would be difficult to argue in any circumstance. Like, oh, I think we should probably keep that that um, overlord dictator that's just recklessly bombing hospitals. Like, yeah, I think uh, I think there's a place for him. Well, uh, well, where, where like where where do you draw the line? Like, what's what you know? What's what definition of suffering is suffering? You know, is mm. is is mm. the odd like privileged person who's dissatisfied with their life? Is that suffering? Would you relieve that? You know, like what? Like like it's a very gray gray scale of suffering. If someone's mm. if children are in mines like mining lithium for our iPhones, that is probably unnecessary suffering, and we should do something about that. But mm. you know. There's so like there is a lot to be had from suffering as well. So it's very maybe maybe I just don't maybe the the, the definition of suffering needs to be mm. affirmed for me a little bit more. Um, yeah, well, I just... yeah. I mean, I'm clear. I'm unclear as well. You know, we're just having this discussion. I don't think either of us are necessarily firmly on or on either side. I was just offering a offering a rebuttal, but um, yeah. I, uh, I I've got to say that it, it it seems to me, especially with uh, with, with Alan in my ear as often he is, as he is, that um, you know you can't can't have one without the other, and for as worse as it gets, it uh, it gets as good in the other direction. Yeah, absolutely, man. Exactly. So I think like for every every tear you shed, like you will probably laugh equally. Actually, I don't think that's true. I think there's a lot of people that do suffer more than they are happy, but. I think maybe naively so people can people can change that with with with, mm. a, with a different outlook. Um, I know that people have chemical imbalances in the brain, but there's a wonderful book by Johan Hari called uh, he, he he did Stolen Focus and I can't remember what the book was called, but he had um, it was a book about depression. I've got a quote in the in my journal if I can just grab it real quick. Mm. Um, so yeah, I, I, I heard this. Uh, so basically he was saying that like a lot of people are sleep deprived. A lot of people um, are dehydrated. Uh, people don't get enough exercise and fresh air. And this, he said 90% of problems can be solved by a good sleep, a glass of water, a gym <laughs> session, fresh air and sunshine, or a chat with a friend. And he was saying like the, the basically the main causes of 
d- depression are like not socializing, not getting outside, not seeing sunlight or fresh air, not exercising, being dehydrated or sleep deprived. And if you don't suffer from one or all of those things, then you can't expect, a, a, you know, to go and get a magic pill and feel better if mm. you don't try this first. Mm. Um, so, I mean, I, I, I thought it, it resonated with me. Um, so that's why I wrote it down. I'm glad I had it at hand to quote. But um, do you have any thoughts? No, that's uh, that's a that's a beautiful quote. Super helpful, and uh, I, it always amazes me how often uh, I um, I find myself down in the dumps and realise like, oh, I'm not doing those things that I always say I need to do. Yeah, exactly. There was another quote I wrote down, which was, "Action is the antidote to anxiety," which um, which really resonated with me because by, as I was listening to it, he was saying uh, the guy was saying, um, so normally like when you're procrastinating about about something you're you just need to do the first step so whether it be like you know mm, yeah get, you know just just do something uh, and and you know even if you go out for and so it might the the experience i was having trouble with was going out for a bike ride and i was just like oh well i've missed the best part of the day i'll probably sack it off now and then he was just saying like what what what, what if you just like went and got your bike and put it by the door you know and I, and immediately i was just like well yeah i mean so I was like having this anxiety of like, oh, I've missed out. I, you know, I can't do anything. Now mm. all of a sudden the bike's by the door. And I was like, okay, open the door, put the bike outside and, and then, you know, attach it to the wheelchair, start mm. pedaling. If, you know, even if you go out for five minutes, five minutes is mm. better than no minutes. Mm. And then all of a sudden I'm out for an hour. I come back, I've had fresh air, sunshine and exercise. And mm. what do you know? I feel a hundred percent better. Yeah. And, and like, so yeah, I just think, um, again, perhaps they seem like oversimplified things that to do but they sometimes you know that is exactly what epiphanies are aren't they like firm grasp of the obvious just begin to do the thing that you're procrastinating about and then momentum will follow the, that was the most helpful advice I uh, I got from a, from a book uh, written by Susan Blackmore when I first started to meditate it was um, it was don't go and go and meditate for half an hour just literally go put the cushion down on the floor and sit for a minute and you will find that you never sit for just a minute. <laughs> yeah, yeah. When you when you think to yourself like, oh, I, have, I've, I've, I haven't even got two minutes. Like, oh, you'd be surprised if you just sit down. You might find that you do have two minutes. <laughs> yeah, nice man. That's a really that's a really lovely nourishing uh, way to wrap up the podcast, man. I like mm. that a lot. I hope uh, hope if you're listening to this podcast, you found it nourishing, and you um, and you have some some lovely thoughts that you'd like to share with us um do you want to say anything before we wrap up you talking to me or the listeners talking to you obviously you wally wally uh no that's uh that's it that's all my friend it was really lovely to uh to to catch up to see you and uh to have a little chat absolutely do you have a joke no i don't have a joke either i can't even think of one off, off the spot Although I tell you what, I've um on the last podcast I was telling you about the the stand up comedian thing. Like if someone says, "Oh, what do you do?" and I said, "Oh, I'm a stand up comedian," I delivered that amazingly yesterday. I had people <laughs> really? laughing, like really, really laughing. And oh, I, I was like, I wish I was so someone, to see it. Uh, this 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 lady was like, "Oh, hey, I, your name's Fred, right? I don't think we've ever met." I was like, "Yeah, yeah, I've heard of you." She's and the immediate she's like, "What do you do?" and I was like, oh, "I'm a stand up comedian." She's like, oh, are you really? I didn't, I didn't know that. I was like, yeah, I'm just not very good, you know. And she's like, oh, yeah, because like, I'm not very funny. And, mate, honestly, there were four people and they all chucked, like, belly laughed. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm nailing this. Like, I really got, like, some, I mean, it, it might be a canned response. Um, but, like, 
oh my god I'm nailing it like the delivery was so good I was like oh my god everyone's like oh you're so funny Freddo and I was like I fucking am <laughs> nice oh it was great it was great oh. so uh, so yeah I've been I've been working on that which is which is good but um, anyway I think that's uh, that's that's it that's all alright man well um, lots of love to you and, uh, and, and and anyone that's listening thanks very much um, yeah man it's been absolutely absolute pleasure to see your smiling face on the mm, other side of the screen and I love yours. that we get to do remote podcasts mm, yeah and, let's um, hope this one turns out alright I'll leave that to you lots of love ciao ciao